0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: He saw the bright lights of Broadway and chose Baltimore instead. Will Odell Beckham be enough to entice Lamar Jackson to stay? Also, John Rahm owned Augusta on Sunday. And are the Suns the favorites in a jumbled West? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports.
2: Found. It. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduelcom lockdown today to get started. Odo Beckham Jr. was slated to head to New York on Monday for a meeting. Remember, he was on the Aaron Rodgers wish list, but the Baltimore Ravens swoop in and snag OBJ on a one-year deal worth up to $18 million. Joining me now, Kevin Ostryker from Locked on Ravens. And Kevin, we will get to what we think this means for who will be throwing him passes here. But why does OBJ make sense for the Ravens?
0: Yeah, well, I think, Peter, for a couple of reasons. One, he was really the only neo moving guy at the position still on the market. I mean, you saw guys like Jacoby Myers go off the board, Alan Lazard, et cetera, et cetera. If it wasn't Odell in free agency, it was bring back to Marcus Robinson. There weren't a lot of options. Odell seemed to be, and he was, the best free agent at that position left. If it wasn't Odell, maybe it was a trade for DeAndre Hopkins or maybe a trade for Cortland Sutton. But a lot of this, I think, you know, it's always about Lamar here in Baltimore, which we're going to get to in a second. But. I think this has to do with the Ravens going out there and finally spending money, big money at the wide receiver position. I don't think a lot of people thought Odell would get his asking price and then some, you know, he was up to 20, then down to 15. This is an up to $18 million deal where it's 15 million in guarantees. So they're going to have to figure out how that money works contract wise. But Odell is someone soon to be 31 years old. We knew what he was at his peak with the Giants. I don't think he's there anymore but he can be a low end wide receiver one for this team sliding in next to Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay also newly signed Nelson Aglar and an offense. that also includes Mark Andrews, J K Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and hopefully Lamar. I think that offense is very well-rounded and well-balanced. And I think with Todd Munkin now at the helm, as opposed to Greg Roman, who by the way, spoke very highly of Odell is introductory pre or just press conference, introductory press conference, because he and Odell teamed up in Cleveland I think it makes a lot of sense for Odell to come to Baltimore here, and I think it's an exciting signing
1: for the Ravens. There are going to be fans that look at this and say, well, Odell's not going to go there if he doesn't think Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback, and maybe more importantly, that the Ravens wouldn't do this kind of deal if they didn't think Lamar Jackson was going to be the quarterback. How do you respond to that thought process? Sure, I think it's a very valid thought process, and especially when –
0: You know, for Odell, he's made a lot of money over the course of his career. Obviously, he's going to continue to make that money both on and off the field because of how (laughs) polarizing a player and a personality he is. But there have been the reports that both Odell and Lamar have had conversations about wanting to team up in Baltimore, win a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Now, is that a one-year team up because Odell's only on a one-year deal? Does Lamar sign the franchise tag and then try to get his big, long-term, fully or almost fully guaranteed extension after this season? I don't know how it would necessarily work, but for a team that, again, needs a lot of targets soaked up at that position, as you talked about, and in Nelson Aguilar and Odell Beckham added 16 years of combined NFL experience. The other six players on the Ravens roster entering free agency had 22 combined. So they needed those veterans. Odell definitely is someone who can rub off on guys like Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay. But the Lamar factor in this is the big question. You mentioned it. Would Odell sign with the Ravens if Lamar wasn't at least a part of that puzzle, at least for 2023. I think this is a very positive sign. I'm not saying it's the be all end all in the Lamar Jackson situation. I still think a lot of it has to do with the money, but I think this is a definite step in the right direction for Lamar, at least coming back to Baltimore for 2023.
1: What do you think reasonable expectations are if Odell Beckham can stay healthy? And, And let's, in fact, let's even set that aside because that's part of the reasonable expectation here. So what is a reasonable expectation for what we will see for Odell Beckham Jr. in Baltimore this season. Well, I definitely think
0: with the switch over from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin, this is going to be a more pass-oriented team. I don't think they're going to throw the ball 50 times a game, become super pass-heavy all of a sudden. I think we're still going to see the Ravens rely on the ground game in a lot of instances, but this isn't an offense anymore, at least I believe it won't be, where we're going to see receivers get four targets a game, two catches for 25 yards. Odell's someone who makes magic with the ball in his hands. We we know that based off what we've seen from him over the course of his career. Obviously, health, age, definite real concerns. I'm not trying to dismiss those. But in this offense, if it is more pass-oriented, I could see Odell catching maybe 70, 75 passes, potentially, looking at maybe 750, 800 yards, maybe 900, maybe 1,000. You know, Marquise Brown, just in this offense a couple of years ago, had 1,000 yards. So did Mark Andrews. I think for Odell, he has a lot of potential in this Ravens offense. I think people want to see Lamar with a guy like Odell. They want to see Lamar in a Todd Munkin-led offense that's not Greg Roman. I think we're in, we're at least taking steps to get
1: there, but obviously it all hinges on Lamar. Stay up to date on the Baltimore Ravens by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Ravens on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, it was a dominant Sunday at Augusta for John Robb. Before we get to that, Rudy Gobert went down swinging, we can't. but there was drama with the T-Wolves. We are ready for the NBA playoffs and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be winning the NBA championship. Or you can look to the Diamond, where the Arizona Diamondbacks have their ace on the mound against the Milwaukee Brewers. FanDuel has the odds of the D-backs winning at home, minus 146. On an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Rudy Gobert was sent home for swinging at Minnesota Timberwolves teammate Kyle Anderson during the T-Wolves win on Sunday.
3: In a game that was an absolute microcosm of this Timberwolves season, the Minnesota Timberwolves held on to beat the New Orleans Pelicans and secured the number eight seed in the Western Conference. The number eight in the play-in will start the play on the road at the Los Angeles Lakers on Tuesday night. I'm Ben Beacon, host of the Lockdown Wolves podcast. Rudy Gobert was sent home at halftime. The Timberwolves trailed by eight at halftime. Anthony Edwards was two of ten shooting at halftime. Jaden McDaniels injured his hand and was out of the game prior to halftime. Things were completely falling apart at the seams, but yet the Wolves were only down by eight. They played a really strong third quarter. Anthony Edwards came to life. Carl Anthony Towns had an extremely strong stretch. And down the stretch it was all about ants and Cat. They held on despite the Falcons pushing back. Torian Prince was great. Anthony Edwards, very good defensively on Brandon Ingram in the absence of Jaden McDaniels. And ultimately, Minnesota held on to win this thing by five and got the eighth seed. Subscribe to
1: Lockdown Wolves for all things Tim Rules. We're going to break this one down further on the show. It's the most fight the Wolves have had most of the season. The Dallas Mavericks season is
4: over. It's over. The DFW nightmare, the Metroplex nightmare ends for the Dallas Mavericks. And... It ends the way they drew it up, I guess. Nick exit from the lockdown Mavericks podcast, Dallas Mavericks fall to the San Antonio Spurs by design to help them in the lottery standings. And this was just a disgusting, gross game. The Mavs scored 14 points in the first quarter, ended up picking up the offense in the second quarter. Jaden Hardy was great in this game. Uh, scored a bunch of points. Theo Pinson, the first triple-double by a Maverick, not named Luka Doncic since 2019, which is just a weird stat that will go down in the history books. It's a weird thing that happened on this day. But this is all about the lottery standings and basically a culmination, a manifestation, of how bad this Dallas Mavericks team has been since that game winning shot against the Lakers a couple of weeks ago. They've only had two wins since then. It's just been just a weird ending of a season, a miserable end of the season, and Dallas Mavericks going to the offseason now with a million questions to answer and not a lot of answers at this point.
1: And on the ice, the Boston Bruins have officially won more games than any other team has in the regular season.
2: As has been the case all season long for the Boston Bruins, things just came together perfectly here on Sunday night. This is Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Boston Bruins, and in their 80th game of the season, the Bruins earned win number 63, topping the 95-96 Red Wings and the 2018-19 Lightning for the most wins in NHL history in a single season. Dave Apostrenok recorded a hat-trick. His 60th goal of the season. He's only the second Bruin to do that in team history. His 300th career goal. And the Bruins coming into the playoffs. They're not coasting. They're coming in red hot. Two games remaining on the regular season schedule to pad these totals. And they are the prohibited Stanley Cup champions. And hopefully things continue to roll like this when it matters most.
1: And on the diamond, the Tampa Bay Rays cannot and will not stop. Can you say historic? I can. I'm Ulysses
3: Zambrano, host of the Lockdown Rays podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Historic. What the Rays are doing in this 2023 season is simply that. They are 9-0. They're the only undefeated team in 2023. If you want to talk about pitching, I can say stellar. If you want to talk about defense, I can say impeccable. If you want to say, what about the offense? Well, been on fire and you can talk all about tigers nationals athletics and i can say i don't care they are doing fantastic if you want to hear about this team and much more about what they should be doing in 2023 follow us on any social media podcast platform and of course subscribe and like our videos on youtube at locked on race raise up
0: Another story you need to know.
1: John Rahm started the day four shots back of the lead. 30 holes later, thanks to a weather delay, he finished the 2023 Masters tournament with a four-shot lead, chasing down and then cruising past live golfer Brooks Kapka. We'll get to the the live golf of it all in a second. Josh neighbors from Locked On Big 12, our resident golf analyst joins me now. And and Josh, what did John Rahm do That the rest of the field couldn't on what was a really fun Sunday afternoon
5: yeah, I think what is I forgot the trend at this point, but the the winner is coming from that last group a lot more in recent memory because it's just so difficult to chase down guys. You see it a lot. The amount of risks people are taking, some of them do pay off, but the go from big risk, big crowd reaction, kind of big energy dump to all right, I have to get back to being consistent, is extremely challenging on this course. That's why Gary Woodland had some fun today. You know, Patrick Cantley had some fun today. Sure. And look where the guys ended up. I mean, they, they ended up, I think, at both three under. And so no matter where the surge was, like Phil's really the only guy who went out there and just absolutely, you know, kind of beat the course down a bit. I mean, his I think it was his best final round he's ever had. That's that's the challenge. And I thought Rom was fantastic, he was so consistent today. Um there were not, there were not, you know, like it's not the best round I've ever seen played there, but uh, as as far as Sundays go, he was nails and that's what he needed to be because Kepka was, was pretty volatile.
1: Yeah. He, he was three under in his final round. Brooks Kepko was three over and that is a huge swing. You mentioned Phil Mickelson. He shot an incredible 65 on Sunday. And if you look at the top of this leaderboard, this was a big story coming in live golf. These guys were allowed to compete at Augusta. And at least at the top, they, these guys showed out. Brooks Kepka is, is T2, Phil Mickelson T2, and then you have Patrick Reed. Three guys in the top five are from the Live Tour. This ended up being a little bit of the PGA Tour versus Live. What did you think, and and what did you make of their showing
5: in this one? Uh, the commentary had a lot to say about it. Uh, there, there were small <laughs> digs the entire time. I'm, well, I, I wouldn't call Jim Nance's a small dig. I mean, it was a pretty significant dig. I forgot who said it. at one point during the round today, they had mentioned how John Robbins like Ed was used to playing four rounds and, you know, didn't mention Brooks, you know, that, that they only play three at live, but like the implication was basically that, you know, Hey, there's four round events, in the PGA tour. Yeah. I, I, I looked at it, but think about those three guys you just mentioned. Patrick Reed's won a masters. Phil has won four masters and uh, Brooks Kepka is a, is a big time player and he's actually had a fair, you know, his fair share of really good finishes there. So, and, and look, they they had some other guys who finished pretty well too. I, I just think like those three guys too are are just really good at, at Augusta, and um, you know I also think too like one of the live guys is gonna win a gonna win a major because they've got so much talent over there. The only problem is no like nobody really cares at all about watching the live tour. Nobody's gonna seek out the CW on a you know whatever it is they Fridays. I, I I couldn't tell you any of the team names. I couldn't tell you where people finish. I'm a pretty big golf fan, but. I'm not just not gonna watch those events because they're not accessible. Not really as entertaining, because like what are they playing for? Like what what is it actually there's play here? They're playing for obviously something very, very significant. But over at Live, what are they really playing for? And obviously, you know, the PGA, not as many, I guess, top finishers, but they kind of get the win here because they had the guy who, you know, won the entire thing.
1: We'll keep you up to date on the PGA Tour all year here on Locked On Sports Today. And you can also follow the Big 12 all year by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Big 12 on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the New Look Phoenix Suns have barely played together. So should they still be favorites in the West? Because they are. So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. If you're like me and you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix, this will change your world. This whole week, I've been using ExpressVPN to watch The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to do. I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located you can choose from almost a hundred different countries so just imagine all the netflix libraries you can go through love korean dramas use expressvpn to get parasite off south korean netflix for free but it's not just netflix expressvpn works with any streaming service hulu bbc iplayer youtube you name it there are hundreds of vpns out there but the reason i use expressvpn to watch shows is because it's so fast there's never any buffering or lag. You can just stream in HD. No problem. I've never had any issues with ExpressVPN and my speeds. It also works on all of your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com locked right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com locked, expressvpn.com locked to learn more. The playoffs are set and it is going to be absolutely bonkers, especially in the Western Conference where the four-seeded Suns right now are the favorites to come out of the West on FanDuel. Joining me now from Locked On Suns, Brendan Clean and, and Brendan, If if I just told a random person that, they might be like, okay, cool, they have Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant hasn't played a ton of minutes in Phoenix. So how do you think... Um, the 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 Phoenix Suns will be able to account for
6: that in the postseason. I defer to to their level of confidence. You know, they sat Durant as well as their other three best players for both of their final two games this weekend. And, you know, you said if you told a random person what you just said, if I told myself that three weeks ago, I would have been shocked <laughs> because – they were dealing with Kevin Durant and this ankle injury, and it felt like, you know, doomsday of, wow, they were only going to have 20 or so games to integrate him. Now, they might not even get to 10, and they actually declined two opportunities to to get some run, and that surprised me, but it, I guess it signals a level of confidence. You know, they've really made a concerted effort since he returned from that ankle injury, the the second injury that he suffered this season, to integrate him more into how they like to normally play, whereas the beginning of the return for him after the the knee injury after the trade deadline was much more Durant ball. And then the Suns playing off of that. This was Suns ball with Durant pieced into that. And I guess they felt like they had seen enough and and won enough. They won every game they played with him that they were fine to roll the ball out game one and and go to work.
1: As you look at the other contenders in the Western Conference, such that we even have them, this is as wide open, um, uh, certainly a conference race. As I can remember in recent years, but but I think the whole the whole enchilada is pretty up for grabs here. How do you see the Suns matching up with teams like the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, even the Warriors? We're talking, we have to talk about some of the teams below them because that's just how wide open this West is.
6: I think the Suns are right to be the favorites. You know, this is a team that would have had a better record if not for Chris Paul had about a month in November, December that he missed. Cam Johnson, who later was traded to the Nets, but tore his uh, meniscus and missed like two, three months. And even Booker only is going to end up playing, I believe, 53 games this season. And so this is not a 45-win team like we would typically think of it. Then you add Durant. And they match up really well with a lot of the teams that you just named off. You know, Denver, they swept Denver in large part because they just beat their defense two years ago. Some of the pieces have changed there, but Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., they were all healthy in that series, and the Suns still just scored too much for nu- for the Nuggets to keep up with. I think Golden State is the team that I look at, not only just from the pedigree and talent and everything we know about the defending champs, but also just a matchup with the Suns specifically that... Intrigues me the most. We almost got it in the first round, if not for some tiebreakers. And the small ball, switchable stuff, the Durant versus that team, Andrew Wiggins' return, and how does he guard Kevin Durant? Does he guard Kevin Durant? All that stuff really interests me. Unfortunately, that would have to be a conference finals type of matchup with multiple upsets to even get there because of the way that the seating broke down. Stay up to date on the NBA all year. And especially the Suns with Locked On
1: Sports Today and Locked On Suns on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. And finally, AA Baseball saw an absolutely bonkers game on Sunday. The Chattanooga Lookouts were no hit by the Rocket City Trash Pandas. By the way, I did not make that name up. They are the Rocket City Trash Pandas. The Lookouts were no hit and won with a 3 0 lead and two outs, but the bases loaded the Trash Pandas proceeded to walk in a run and then allow three runs on a dropped fly ball. They hit the next three batters and then a wild pitch set the score at 7-3. to three. Rocket City did score two in the bottom of the inning, but not enough to come back and save the win. I that is absolutely bonkers but at least trash pandas is, is an s tier name so they have that going for them i'm speechless by this story i absolutely am obsessed with it thanks for making locked on sports today your first listen now go find your favorite team's locked on podcast and make them your second listen coming up tomorrow who will win the nba title so at least until tomorrow stay locked on sports today